A diamond has long been a symbol of commitment, love, and trust. Isn't it time the diamond industry showed us the same values behind the scenes? Clean Origin is leading the engagement ring industry toward a brighter future, designing elegant lab-grown diamond fine jewelry that never compromises our values. A brand that doesn't just talk the talk, but one that was founded to make a difference, to offer a more environmentally friendly, conflict-free, and price-accessible choice without any compromises on quality. Lab diamonds are grown in a lab using cutting-edge technology that replicates the process of natural diamonds. A lab-grown diamond is chemically, physically, and visually identical to a mined diamond without the adverse effects of traditional diamond mining. And for a price of up to 10 times less, we don't know why you'd choose anything else. You know, I'm a Sag. I'm always going to say bigger is better. And with these prices, three carats is the new one carat, baby. Go big. Honestly, five carats is the new three carats if you really want to go there. You all know that we know a thing or two about engagement rings. And these clean origin rings are simply stunning, classic designs, and for a fraction of the price. From the color of your metal to the center stone and setting, you'll be able to customize every aspect of this very important lifetime piece of jewelry. Whether you're looking for an engagement ring or tennis bracelet or diamond stud earrings, Clean Origin has beautiful diamond jewelry that you'll be wearing forever. You can use code What's Your Sign for $100 off all orders over $1,000. That's $100 off all orders over $1,000. Go to cleanorigin.com and use our code What's Your Sign at checkout for $100 off of your order of $1,000 or more. Use our promo code What's Your Sign, all spelled out. Check out Clean Origin today. What's up, Super Signers? Hi. Hi. Um, we're so excited to do this. We're doing advice questions. Um, we asked and you gave us questions. questions. <laughs> Y'all need it. Y'all need advice. A lot and we, of boy, do we have it. A lot of cues. <laughs> um, and we appreciate you. Yes. So we're just, so excited. Let's, let's just fucking look at this shit. Let's do it. Uh, question number one comes from Taylor M. Taylor says, hey, uh, I'm excited about this episode first and foremost. And I have a few questions. So I hope you don't mind that I'm asking them all. LOL. Um, one, <laughs> Jupiter returns in the eighth house. Mine is happening very soon. Any advice about it? Last Jupiter return, my parents got divorced on Valentine's Day. LMAO. Um, that is very LMAO. Um, <laughs> number two, when you see my birth chart, what is the first thing that pops out at you? First thought, birth chart below. Uh, tell me something interesting from my chart just because I'm going to be that selfish bitch and only ask about me. Thank you so much. Also, plug in my Insta because in case you're including that on the pod, water, we've we've brought you up before at water bearer, two hours at the end. Yes. Um, thank you, Taylor. 
Well, thank sound you. off. Yes. Um, I don't know if we'll be able to answer all your questions. Although, actually, I kind of now. Well, they're all one question. Yeah, they all kind mm. of are the question. So, like, first and foremost, what do you see in your birth chart? Is that you have a ton of stuff in your eighth house? So it's not surprising that you asked about it. It's it's a lot. Uh, there you do. I I think have a eighth house stellium. Um, so that to answer your question, first one, what pops out that. Yeah, I mean, when you, we weren't going to answer that because we're like, oh my God, like, let's just stick to Jupiter, get a chart But yeah, like when you see it, it's like, okay, what's up? You have a tight bundle of all these things over there. So like, that makes sense that it can feel intense and those Scorpio energy things of like, oh, what's happening? The world is like, oh, doomsday and all that. But Jupiter returns in the eighth house of mine's happening soon. Parents got divorced on Valentine's Day. Well, I mean, I think that... So Jupiter is is in Capricorn. You have your natal Jupiter there too. You also, as you said, we said, have that concentration of other things. So this transit is going to be touching on a lot of things in your chart already. Those things have also already been activated by all of this Capricorn energy. We've had the eclipses on that um, axis. We also have Saturn there. We have Pluto there. Right now we have uh, Venus and Jupiter so there's a lot going on there I think that though not to say that things are going to be as dramatic as as that but I do think that it's just going to be kind of highlighting places bringing structure to things that aren't working Saturn is is the ruler of Capricorn and you know I unfortunately uh divorce is like is is cutting off of something that's not working so i think where jupiter really like can kind of deal with excess and isn't worried about the details capricorn is so it might be difficult but if there are things that aren't working in a it's it's going to be a time when you kind of can't put it off any longer and it's going to highlight those things so they can be trimmed away and and um altered it's like in order so, to fit it's like social restructure too i think jupiter returns in general are very you know it's a time before a saturn return that i think you want to like it, I, I think it is a good, a good setup precursor to the saturn return of like your social like those things that make you feel good what's not making you feel good and like that's why like divorce sucks but also um you know if you're needing a divorce then it's, then get a divorce then you have to get a divorce like it's just like that's what it that's how you open yourself like you have to that's like you what have to, it is yeah, you have to break up before you can find something that actually is working for you so mm-hmm. okay so first of all i don't like giving advice to anyone because my life um is not very good and i don't want <laughs> you to have a life like mine however um generally i give like the four to five recommendations of when people ask me advice, I have like five stock answers that I generally give. The first is um, check your addictions, go to 12 step. If you're um, like, if you're drinking too much, maybe just cut out the drinking. If you're smoking too much weed, cut out the weed, whatever it is. If you're addicted to uh, control, you know, whatever it is. Uh, next one is go to therapy. The next one is exercise. Um, and then create and then find a spiritual outlet. So those are the five. Um, all of the questions today will probably be getting one of the five. I think for you, first of all, I don't understand the last Jupiter return because I don't think you're old enough to have. Yes, 12, every 12 oh, years. Oh, so you, I thought it was 23 years. 12. Okay, so that makes sense. Okay, so um, I think for you, 
This is going to be about finding a spiritual outlet um, because I think Jupiter highlights those things that are so... um, It expands and highlights those things and, and because... You have, it looks like you have Venus here too. I think that that can be really just like, um, finding love and spirituality and art. And, and maybe that involves creating and maybe that involves exercise to you. But, um, I I think for you, it's really the eighth house specifically. It's all about finding a spiritual outlet. It doesn't have to be religion. It doesn't have to be lighting candles. It doesn't have to be meditation, but find something that makes you feel fulfilled and, Find it outside of work and outside of relationships with other people. I think that if it's sitting in the dark for two minutes in the morning or at night, um, those are going to be the things that get you through any of the hard stuff like divorce or like, um, because that's not your divorce. That's your parents' divorce. Yes, so that's like, the other thing for too you. I want you to find a way of like getting that like Jupiter good luck and goodness and expansion in, in a like creative spiritual way. I mm-hmm. think also eighth house is other people's stuff a lot of times yeah. too. So it's like, of course that was detriment. Like that was a huge occurrence in your life. But yeah, like Lisa said, that wasn't your divorce. That's your parents. So eighth house things might not even involve you. There might be just upheavals that happen around you in some capacity or great things. You might inherit money. You might get something, you know what I mean? Like you're fit though. It doesn't mean it's a, it's a bad thing necessarily. It just might be things that are out of your control. And And I think also of course it's 12. You're, I'm assuming you were 12 years old more or less when this happened. That's a very different experience than uh, when you are older the types of things it's like your parents can't get divorced again mm-hmm. yeah. you know what i mean i mean i guess technically I mean, they could but but also like i mean my parents got divorced around that same age and like if my parents got divorced at 24 it's just a different it's, it's it is like, a different okay experience. yeah i've been through this before yeah it's and it's like just like i don't know the five things i said it's like use those things to to like feel good either like if if you want to drink like drink to feel good instead of like to forget or to whatever. If you want to exercise, exercise to feel good instead of like to lose weight to whatever. If you want to go to church, go to church to feel good, not to like ascend to a higher, like become a God yourself. You know what I mean? Like try, try to like use those things for your own, Mm -hmm. your own personal growth. I think returns are just time where inventory and stock, it just happens. Like you're going to like, it's just a time to assess what's around you. And I think those eighth housey things are going to feel harsh but you're an eighth house gal so like same old same old shit different toilet you are going to live through cycles of like destruction and reconstruction you know so i think that also i think that people that actually are the most like familiar with that are sometimes ask about it the most but it's also like yeah you're the most equipped to handle these kinds of things so whatever it is you're gonna do great yeah lma thank you taylor i'll see you around Uh, question two all right this is from chris l hey friends it's chris so i'm in a relationship i feel like i've known him my whole life and i'm very much in love i recently learned about composite charts and made ours we got mars in our 12th we got mars in our 12th house in gemini the fact that it's in the 12th house terrifies me i try not to obsess about it but i do then i find myself looking at both our charts analyzing i find it fascinating but i'm always on the verge of obsessing my questions are what do you know about mars in the 12th house in a composite chart and how do you use astrology as a tool without unhealthy obsessing over it i'm a virgo rising so i'm prone to worry peace and love chris l 
Chris. Chris. Well, here's your first. I told you. Addictions. Number one. Obsessing about something that's not helping you. Let go. Um, I also have the 12th house, so I... I have like a lot of stuff in the 12th. So I understand not being able to let go and being like, I have to know. And it keeps telling me you'll never know. And it's, um, but I think that 12th house is really sweet. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I don't find the 12th house a, a scary, especially for, I think like a Gemini Mars. I feel like that's almost like, I mean, it might be a little like what I think both might feel like, what is the other one really thinking or plotting or doing? I think it can make it a little like the water's a little murkier. Um, in general, I have a 12th house Mars and I think it can make if that was kind of aggressive fighting things, very sensitive and very like, even when you think you've come to play, you actually like, are like, well, I'm actually crying because like conflict is a lot. And like, what's the, what's the point of all this? Um, but I don't, it's, it's interesting to see what people find scary where I think that's very, like what Lisa's well, saying is like very tender and like 12th house is all like, the more you read it, all the words are just scary. Yeah. It's like secrets and fear and mm-hmm. imprisonment and just like stuff like that. So I think right. that um, when when you read those words and when you see them, instead of going upset, the way, same th- I do the same thing, but it's like instead of going obsessed, it's like s- a secret is something really sweet between two people. It doesn't have to be secrets from it's your right. little secret that you guys come home and yeah. you do your, you know, watch movies or, or right. whatever, like take it in a, in a really like sweet and calm and fishy. I think also vibe. if we're talking about a composite chart, mm-hmm. that is more of a, um, like, you know, what is this, what is the entity of your relationship? It is, mm-hmm. you know, here, what do you bring out for each other? What are you going to, you know, because relationships are all about evolution for what, however the relationship is, it's like, what is this going to be kind of like, um, calling me to do? And I think that you, one, you said part of it where it's like, oh, I think I know, I've felt like I've known him forever. That's, Oh, very 12. That's very 12 Mars in the 12th. But I think also, especially in the sign of Gemini, which is that idea of like, you know, um, present truth versus universal truth in the 12th that it's like, oh, there's that. But I think also maybe all that means is that you you guys probably spur each other to speak um, I, to me, this feels like a thing that's like that helps you both deal with any like shame or secrecy oh. or things that you have in in your life, in your past lives or in just like, you know, there are relationships that really, you know, force us to deal with those things. And that that to me is what that says. And not in a bad way, in a in a beautiful way, like, a, oh, this is a person that's going to help me. We're going to help each other. Um, shine light on things that maybe I felt like I couldn't before I'm going to speak because anything that we speak about it cannot it can no longer once it's spoken it's it's out and that I think Gemini is like oh Gemini is so the antithesis of all that 12th house because it's like oh no we're talking about it's here we're talking about it we're changing our minds we're doing all of these things as opposed to this kind of hidden subconscious whatever it's it's open communication the 12th too it can be like karmic debts and past life stuff so it's like having that gemini there it's really um 
being able to like heal each other and and heal together and heal that reflection. Of I you. I want mm-hmm. you guys to look at the composite charts together and ask each other questions because yeah. I think you actually have like a lot of. I mean, you have that Virgo. Um, and you know, that stereotypical analytical energy, the Gemini wants to share and is in naturally curious. And then that 12th house, I think rather than you sitting in a vacuum analyzing it, I think that you and your partner could like look at this together and be like, does, does this resonate for you? I think you can have like more interaction with it rather than sitting and being like, what's their, what's their move? What is their move? What are they doing? Well, it's like a, a renewable curiosity in the other person too, where it's like, you can never fully know somebody. So there's all like, I think that's right. a great idea of, of asking each and they other probably questions. Feel the same thing about you. Like at yeah. the end of the day. I also think as far as using a tool, using a tool without obsessing oh. about it, I think it kind of depends on what kind of work you want to do with astrology. Um, obviously, like you can use astrology as like, um, oh, like a, what kind of people am I going to interact with today? What kind of, you know, read a horoscope and and see what you think your day is going to be like. I think that is a little bit less fun than self-improvement for me because mm-hmm. um, I have a lot of eighth and twelfth placements. So for me, it's like the same thing as like, well, how do you use a salad with a tool with that? You know, how do you like uh, a piece of fruit? It's like it doesn't have to be your uh, your Instagram that you ate an apple for breakfast. But it's like, oh, you use it as a thing that's, oh, this is healthy. It makes me feel good. And then um, if I get cranky, maybe I have a bite or something. Mm -hmm. You don't need to have it with you every day of like, oh, well, I'm. I'm Virgo this and, and I have this and I need to, I, I need to portray this. It's like, take a step away from it. It's, it, it could just be an apple that you had for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's like the, how do you enjoy it? You eat the apple and you taste it yeah. and you do that. And it's like the, you can only read about it for so long and then you have to yeah, so experience you gotta, yeah. it. You know, you know what that means for you. Mm-hmm. Like you, again, you've said, you've said it at a certain point, stop looking. Yeah. You know what it is or like live, take a minute away from it experience well, it and then go oh this is what it is well now and the, i can and the chart's not know. a diagnosis like it's just like insight it's just like clues because you've had the same chart you both have the same chart since you're born and when you're 82 years old it's got and what you value and the things you love are going to change so just it's not an end all nothing yeah. is absolute and like remember- these are flexible like i was gonna say calendar but like true like a map and guidelines of like how you might perceive information and how you might feel about things. But just like how you're a flexible per you're mutable, you know, that mutable energy, just give that for other people too. Everybody also uses different, um, you know, uh, some people like composites, some people like sinistry, some people don't like any of it or whatever, right. but like just as a food for thought thing, if you are obsessing, remember that composite charts are just midpoints between your two placements right so there isn't this isn't like a you've been assigned this 12th house mars in like gemini natal chart yeah this is a this is mathematical midpoints between your two marses is mm. how it how like how it turns out the mathematical midpoint between your ascendant is what determines those houses so it, let that be a thing that maybe demystifies a little bit of it uh, again as like a a diagnosis or a right. punishment or something like that it's like oh no it's you know this is how it works out because this is our two birth dates put together and that's what it means do with that what you will 
Yeah. And but that's going to go in and out like numerology where you're like, it's just a three. And then you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. A it's three. a three. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Oh, the between you mean the middle point between <laughs> us both? Isn't yeah. that what a relationship is? Uh, like, I mean, and if it's feeling good, like yeah. you don't need to like yeah. sabotage. Like, yeah. What's there's nothing. If you feel obsessed about it, look into look at your sinistry chart instead and see if that makes you feel better about it. What you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, feel free. Feel free to try different ones. There is not one one that is an end all be all or one that's right and one that's wrong it's what works and if it you find it not working for you fucking lose it yeah agreed okay thank you next up we have victoria hello stevie lisa and julia i have a first house scorpio moon conjunct my scorpio rising and i feel like i can't enjoy my other chart placements because these two aspecting each other are so powerful any on any advice on how not to feel so daunted by these two Love the podcast and everything y'all do. Mm. Thank you, Victoria. I mean, my instinct was to say you probably, maybe you're just afraid of feeling all these other placements because I think the Scorpios do feel things quite strongly and it's almost easier to like, nope, I'm staying in my Scorpio lane and I don't relate to any of this other things. And I mean, we don't have the full chart, so it's, I'm speculating, um, but I think it is easy for the Scorpios to declare I am the and you have this first house like I am this and I am that and nothing else ever again. But I mean, I just I don't love buy it. This yeah. idea because it I don't know if you were born on an eclipse, probably not. But um, it's like the sun and the moon at the same spot, right? Yeah. So it's like right at your rising. Like I guess the the sun is on the horizon, the the moon's somewhere in the sky, but. Um, it feels like it eclipses the rest of your chart, which makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. I think the instinct for me is like, look at your descendant, see what's over there mm-hmm. and see how you can embody those traits more. So it's going to be Taurus. Of course, I'm giving you this advice, Woo. but it's like, allow yourself to be all of the things that people hate about Taurus, stubborn, lazy, mm-hmm. like do fucking fluffy pillow, go to the spa. It doesn't have to be all the time. It can be 20 minutes. It can be one day. Yeah. Like allow yourself to be comfortable. I think that that having that Scorpio stuff up front is so like able to settle into discomfort. Um, and also like I'm going to use one of my five. Like I feel like Scorpio, Horses love to exercise because they're like bulls that love to like trudge mm-hmm. and carry shit on their back. Go, go for a run. See if you still feel that you're like eclipsed by that stuff at the front. Mm-hmm. See if your emotions still feel right at the front of your chart. Well, I have two. I have number one. I think that the moon is maybe not, I don't want to say the problem, but I think that Scorpio rising can be very, it's like a very determined, I decide what I am allowing you to see but i think having that moon there makes it a little harder for you to um like you don't get to decide as much how you come off Mm -hmm. i think you um maybe show your cards a bit and i think that that's great or it's just like whatever it is you're going to take you're going to feel personally about how you come across um and that's okay that's i think the second part of that is that it's like Yes, you can enjoy your other chart placements because mm-hmm. you're just not you're never going to get rid of this thing. So find a way to live with it and understand that that it, your chart is a whole thing. You don't get to decide when and where you you are, 
you are this and you are that and I'm this and I like I can't enjoy my other thing that's very scorpionic thinking too of like all or nothing I want this and I want to be able to fully embody this thing and I want to get rid of the whatever um I think also like feelings are not facts um is like a good mantra for you and just you can feel your feelings and still do things anyways Mm -hmm. feelings are information they are um good kind of like guideposts to help find ways that you can problem solve but feeling intensely and coming off intensely does not keep you from doing the other things anyways you know i think too um with that Scorpio moon and rising to Scorpio placements in general, I feel like it can be a bit know-it-all. It can be a bit, I've been, I've done, been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Um, and so maybe accessing other parts of your chart that you want to explore might be like, Hey, if your Aries coworkers invite you dancing and the first time kind of sucked, it's like, you only went once, like try it again. Or maybe be like, you guys going dancing with you kind of sucks. Let's go to a bar or this. Like, I think sometimes it can be like, Scorp and fixed signs in general and sincere descendants Taurus too can be like well I tried it once and I didn't like it and it's like yeah but one time's You're like gonna really not a student a- of it for a little bit right too. like one time isn't like you know try anything once isn't the best advice because I think you have to try it a few times like and see what what well, connects can, for you. you can try anything once but you're not going to be good at it unless you keep trying it and mm-hmm. learn it trying something once can give you again like kind of information but that's not that doesn't mean that you aren't uh yeah mm-hmm. like you're yeah. you're gonna be i think really comfortable in those scorpio qualities and not so much in the others mm-hmm. so and i'm curious about your mercury placement too of like how you express yourself I the sun sign I'm i like know this is like a know. mystery it's like but a mystery you know what i do think that um fixed signs also can have a uh uh tendency to like self-sacrifice a little bit so you know whatever you're whatever you do decide like don't don't let go of like you're still Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. a first house moon that's a lot of you're holding your heart on your like it's yeah. there but you also have this scorpio that's like protecting it with this stinger so yeah i think you have to like tell people who you are or whatever yeah. like that and you and tell yourself that's the thing too where it's like you still like i think lisa's a, a, a idea about the descendant too is great where it's like well you it's your choice you get to decide who the fuck you are like yeah that's you and 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 you don't have to be that for everyone or all the time yeah. or in front of anyone like Maybe there are certain people you're real fluffy with and some people you're yeah. real with. And you might, you might be the person that you have to convince most that that's okay. And that's also okay. So if you have to have conversations with yourself that are like, hey, I'm, I'm this, but I'm also this. Like, and, sorry, not but. And I'm also this. Use the word and. Try to replace any, anything in your vocabulary when you're talking about yourself or your feelings. Do not use the word but. Use the word and. Because it but creates a hierarchy and uh like diminishes you can't and says that you can only be one or the other or one is less important just try replacing and and see if that doesn't shift your thinking a little bit okay yeah next up question four uh this is from michelle michelle says hello uh she gives her birth info which i will not divulge (laughs) 
Uh, Michelle says, I don't have any planets in my second house, but I have the sign Libra there. I'm currently going through my Saturn return, starting my own business in magic and wellness. And it's been tough on many levels, but especially when it comes to actually having money. What advice would you give for me as far as channeling Libra qualities in order to find value, worth and money in my quote unquote empty house? Thank you. Um, First and foremost, no such thing as empty houses. You've just said it. Mm -hmm. There's a sign there. Well, Planets she, are going to yeah. transit. I think she knows. I know she, she the knows. The quotes, but, but just, just to, so listeners yes. know. But it seems to still know, be. And a, to yeah. reiterate, the, the your your lack of money is not because there are no planets in your second house. That right. is not. Uh, it's not how it how it works. Um, so yeah, just to just to reiterate that, um, we are looking at your charts. Um, yeah, I think that. I also want to say that it's par for the course at starting your own business yes, as well. Exactly. So that like already is a given. Mm-hmm. You also, okay, you are a cancer son and you have your, you have all of this cancer Capricorn stuff happening. And mm-hmm. we've talked about this in the earlier, in our first advice question, so much of what's been happening, um, transit wise has been on this cancer Capricorn axis. We have sat, you have your natal Saturn there, but we also have actual Saturn there. Now we have Pluto there. Now we have, Venus, we have Jupiter, and the eclipses have been happening on that Cancer Capricorn axis. We have the North Node and the South Node there. Mm-hmm. This is a time when, of co- like, you are learning these these lessons, and you have all of this in your fifth house. So that to me is is creativity and uh, like creative endeavors. Mm-hmm. So I think that the how to access that libra thing is that i think sometimes um the most important thing is like sometimes that it can't be your your creative thing that makes you money yet yeah money is unfortunately a necessity in our lives and just because you're not making money now at it doesn't mean that you won't and you need to find a way to make money in the interim so it's also um elizabeth gilbert uh big magic was her her most recent book um, about kind of nurturing your creativity. And um, one of the things that she said is like, that's a lot of us to ask our creative. Right. It's, it's the same thing of like, you know, a partner where it's like, you can't ask one person to be all of the things for you. Mm-hmm. So your creative pursuit can maybe fulfill you on, you know, four levels, but it might not be able to do it on all 10. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that you have to forego all 10 boxes being checked, but it might be, okay, so maybe, maybe you don't, maybe you keep your side hustle a little bit longer until, until there's a little bit more stability there. Or maybe, maybe a creative business is never going to make you money. Unfortunately, not, I, I'm not saying that as like a, a predictive thing that I'm looking at, but it's like, I mean, it's, it is, it's hard. It's hard. And, and well, even that saying, doesn't mean don't do it. Yeah. Well, even like the second house Libra thing, asking about channeling that for money, it's like, I don't think of Libra as like a, I mean, it's the classic scales, but they're not about like Capricorn shit of like, you know, ca- cash and checks. They're about balance. And so they're about recognizing maybe what, what Julia is saying is like, maybe my creative is this. And, you know, I have to keep this on the same track as this money making thing. You have this Virgo rising. So I think people, if you put yourself out there for maybe more money making opportunities, whether that's like, if you're in magic and wellness, maybe it's like just writing copy for some like, well, like website. I don't like, it might be like less cool. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It might not be glamorous. It might be like, just some like practical shit that will get you 
closer. But yeah, I think all this fifth house Capricorn, you have this mid heaven Gemini. Like you do have all this um, this Cancer, this like watery, this Pisces moon. You have all this creative y things, but that doesn't equal a bank your bank account looking sexy. And mm. uh, that's just kind of part of part of it. I think Libra can be a good indicator for money in the second house if the other stuff in your life is balanced. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think that's like um, the first thing is like make sure that you feel like you're just dividing your time evenly for yourself and for your mm-hmm. family and all the other stuff. Um, and I think the money will come in that way. I also think that because you have a Gemini midheaven and Pluto in the third house, I think it can be really difficult for you to I think you're very good at, at burning stuff down and starting over and being like, oh, well, um, this creative outlet, it's, it's becoming kind of difficult. What can I like change and take out? Mm-hmm. And I think that's your instinct. And instead, build towards the Gemini Midhaven. Build on it and don't don't take like give yourself a solid foundation. And then when you build on it, don't like take a part out of the foundation. Keep building on it. Like even if it's not where you want it to be yet, it's like just keep building on it and building on it. Don't don't like destruct yourself to death. You know what I mean? And then also your Venus is up there. And um, I'm sorry. Is is that my computer's frozen? Sorry. The Gemini. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Right. Yes. It, it just went backwards. Um, your Venus is up there in Gemini near the midheaven. And um. And I also have Venus and Gemini. And I think one of the things you can do to like really highlight that midheaven and really get you going up, 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 like to high noon, you know, like your most uh, public self, your most public. Um, and it's also custom of your 10th house. So um, create about stuff that you love and create mm-hmm. about the love in your life. Teach people how to love. I think especially in wellness, especially in magic, it's like teach people how to love themselves, teach people how to love their pets, teach people how to love their friends, like their family. Like that's what everyone is looking for because anyone can hate. But like you can, you have that Gemini there and you can like really teach people Mm -hmm. love. I think that's a great one too because also Libra is about partnership and, and Venus values and things like that too. So I think like finding having boundaries and um you know asking to be compensated fairly is a very libra thing yeah so i think it's like not overextending yourself and i think it's also about making sure uh that what you are providing has value to again that thing of like if you're just doing something to make money then Mm. there's a lot of things you could be doing and get get fucking magic and wellness out of it make money do your thing Mm -hmm. but if you are going to be using value as value to yourself and value to others as your guidepost then again it might take a little bit longer but that's not the place to sacrifice your offerings Mm -hmm. you know where it's like if you again it's like don't let don't let lack of money you are receiving be a thing that diminishes your your product because that's certainly not the way to get money the way to get money is to it like those are separate endeavors to me almost not again not that you shouldn't be you can separate them or keep them together like does your do you have a data entry job that is flexible where you can then do magic and things outside of work or on the weekends or if that data entry job or your boring shit or whatever is driving you nuts do you find something that's stable that is more closer to the realm do you get your massage therapy license do you do this do you do you take up um reading spaces at already 
solidified crystal shops. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think launching your own, it's just me, capital I, capital M-E, me business is super fucking hard. So I think it's just recognizing that Libra balance is, okay, what is my seed money? Because everyone start, has to start with some seed money. And finding what is going to be the best for yourself and your soul seed money is, I think, a high priority, especially in a new business launch. And you have a lot of 11th house stuff, too, 11th and 12th. Um again like opposing this fifth house so i think remembering again the theme of balance is it doesn't have to be just you or no business right you can there are ways to have helpers there's things to delegate there are apps you can download there are things that where can you alleviate some work you don't have to capricorn power through all of it on your own Mm -hmm. is there are there people you can collaborate with are there you know, again, adjustments you can make that still where you're staying at that core value. What is it? What is it that you are wanting out of out of life, out of this experience? And how do you get these other needs met without without sacrificing them? And that might mean that need is not going to be met through this thing. And it might mean that you just need to, you know, make some move some things around a little. Yeah. Bit. It might it just like t- your chips and stock, yeah. like also like for your own pr- private practice, like. Would you pay that much for this? Maybe you, if not, maybe you need to scale down what's less work for you. And is it's just like sitting and really taking inventory of your stock and like your time. And it's it's a lot of work. I mean, we we do this shit all the fucking time, and it's it's never easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but you can do it. I think. But I love this Libra balance because I think when you're in wellness and things, it's it's feeding your soul, and hopefully you can like go out to dinner once in a while too. You have been listening. To a special teaser. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted that to sound like a message machine. Um, <laughs> to get more of that teaser. <laughs> to continue listening to this teaser. Press, press five. To listen dollars. in Espanol. Apre numero dos. Qual es tu signo, baby? Qual es tu signo? Qual es tu signo? Bebe. Um, okay. But, but Anyways, pa- you've been listening Patreon. to your Patreon teaser. If you liked what you heard, um, Bop on over to Patreon and consider becoming a patron. Uh, you'll get to hear episodes like this. And plus, even- I am always farting on there. <laughs> if that's not worth your bucks, I don't know what is. Uh, ASMR. ASM fart. <laughs> You'll get it if you listen to the Patreon yes. episode. Um, and then there's special new tiers coming your way soon. So come over to Patreon, patreon.com backslash what's your sign podcast. It's probably in all our links. Click our links. Um, support us. We're indie. Buy some merch. Teespring.com slash stores slash what's your sign podcast. Um, yeah. Come listen. Get that Ruffalo tea. Get that Hell Ruffalo yeah. tea. Come hang, babies. See you later. See you Bye. in the new year. Bye. Bye. What's your sign? What's your sign, baby? What's your sign? What's your sign?